You're tuning in to the Black Hollywood Live Network, featuring news, interviews, and commentary on all things Black Hollywood. Hollywood redefined. From Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is Black Hollywood Live. Next, featuring intimate and in-depth interviews with Black Hollywood's next edition of Stars and Influencers. Black Hollywood Live. Hollywood redefined. You're listening to Black Hollywood Live. And now, the host for Black Hollywood Live. Oh, next. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so totally different. Wait, wait, wait. I'm pretty sure I don't need any. Okay, okay, okay. How are you guys doing? Welcome to another exciting episode of Next. I'm your host, Nick Perdue, joined here with my yeah. lovely, beautiful, talented co-host. Always, my name is Megan Thomas, and I'm so glad to be back with you. How are you? I'm awesome. How are you? Hot. You sure says new money. Yeah. Can you I get know, a five? You got to speak it into existence. I actually have a five dollar bill on me right now. <laughs> oh, well, wonderful. But you can't get it, but Pass I have that one on. This way, I'm going to speak that <laughs> into existence. And as our guest, we have this gentleman who, listen. Young guy on the scene doing his thing. Yes. IMDb credits are piling up now. Little by little. One you know what I'm saying? Time, you know? Yeah, man. We right. see it. Mr. Walter Fauntleroy. Fauntleroy. Yes. How are you? Doing well. Doing hot. Right. I need some of that new money, too. Right. Hey, we always have <laughs> that new money. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> But yeah, man, no, good good to have you here. Your day's going well? It is, man. You know, just taking it all in stride. You know, just staying in the moment. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Well, let's jump right into it then. Let's do it. Shall we? All right, so you're born in Philly. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Right. Yeah. But you moved around because you said what, was your father was in the, in, the, in the military. Yeah, he was an Air Force. So I, I, he was in the Air Force. I grew up an uh, Air Force brat, right. you like to call us. Uh, so we traveled all over. I spent about six, seven years back east, though. We lived at, uh, we were stationed at McGuire Air Force Base. So okay. it was about 40 minutes away from Philly. Lots of family there. Yeah. So I went back all the time. So, you know, with, with, with doing all this traveling, what city do you officially call home? I would say Texas. My mother's from Texas. Okay. She's from Dallas, Texas. My father, like, once, like I said, is from Philadelphia. So uh, at the latter end of his career, he retired. So we could be closer to her family. So uh, that's nice. I lived in Texas. Most what of part? Of, what part of Dallas? I just moved in there. Agtown. Arlington. Yeah, Arlington. I don't understand if the name of the town is know, Arlington. Right. How do you get Ag? I know it's just crazy. I was so slow. I, I, it <laughs> I took me like a good still, two and a half years. I'm still. I'm, I haven't caught up yet. I still right. don't know. You know how you get Agtown at all. Right. Well, really there's think. a there's a G in there. It begins but with an A. There's a whole bunch of letters before that. Ling. Ling. But see, yeah, but all yes, that just, yeah. you know, you're abbreviating. <laughs> <laughs> it's all just abbreviated. You know, throw the G in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good old Dallas. Yes, okay. Yes, Do, uh, have you ever been to Big T's? Big T's, Keys Bazaar, Funky Town. They, they had a they had a little swap meet out in uh, Funky Town, too. But right. You know. Right. And so Big T's is the equivalent of LA's Sloss and Swap Meet. Right. Oh, like wow. you can get a tattoo, rims, uh, gold teeth. Yes, <laughs> you can get uh, a wife beater for like no ten white teas for like three dollars. Right, right, right. right, right, right. You can get cheap, you some you chicken, know? some fries, right. yeah, greens, and some Chinese all food, the, yeah, all kinds of stuff, oh. and a whole bunch of fake Jordans with the goo. Right, and yeah, a whole lot of fake gold too. <laughs> oh, that is true. And you Remember can get yeah, yes, you get a tattoo, and you can get your song rappers turned to ringtone <laughs> wow. while you wait for your rims to get done. Right, <laughs> like, right. like, 
<laughs> yeah, that's well, how we do. I feel like we need to take a, a field trip <laughs> down to Megan and I. Man, we 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 on we right here. Right, right, right here. Right, we right, right here. So, what was it growing up? What was it like growing up in different cities and then finally settling in in a place like Dallas? <sighs> it was it was frustrating. Um, I guess as I got older. You know, because of the high schools. You know, I went to four different high schools in my four years of high school, which wasn't good because I wanted to play ball. Right. I got to play two years overseas. But then, you know, you move across the water, and it's like starting all over. It was right. just like a done deal, you know. But it was cool. It was it was good to see a lot. Like, by the time I was 16, I had already seen the world. You know, we had been overseas wow. twice, you know, all over the country. Mm. So it was great. I love Europe the best, though. What places did you live overseas? Oh, uh, Japan. Okinawa, Japan. Mm. And... Uh, uh, Germany. Uh, we were stationed at Spang Dahlem Air Force Base, but I went to school, high school at Bitburg. Bitburg High School. Okay. Baron mm-hmm. Nation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's good. But, uh, like, is that is that weird, though? Like, like taking history class, you know, then, you know, because you, know, you read about all these places in the books, but then actually, like, going to them, you like, nah, that's not 100% yeah, correct. Yeah, it lets you You're know that history the is his story, you know, like changes, interviews. you know, mm-hmm. when you're there. You know, things- you get one thing on paper, and you know you 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 conceptualize it. You try to make out what it is, and you get there, and you're like, "Oh, okay, this is this is like home, really." Right. You know. Right. It's no different. Do people you, are people right. wherever you are. You right. Know? Do you feel like that it was a stark difference? Because I mean, I'm an army brat, so I know okay. growing up, I was it was a, a lot of different cultures that I was exposed to. But then my parents settled in Kentucky, which was totally different. Uh, did yeah. you did you feel like your experience <laughs> was different when you went to you know? From overseas to just living in Arlington, Texas. Yeah, it's like when I was before we moved to Texas, it's like I felt like I was running at a good pace, mm. you know. And then we we moved to Texas, Arlington. This is before like it's become what it is now. It was like running in slow motion once we got there. It was like you you had a good pace, and then everything was so slow. I mean, oh, like wow. in Arlington, it wasn't like Dallas, so we didn't have a bus, you know, line or trains or anything like yeah. that. No, no, every everything is far. Away too. That horses were there. There was chickens in yards <laughs> when I first moved. I mean, the, the biggest <laughs> thing they had, yeah. you know, was Six Flags, and then I think they had, I think it was White Water. I think it's called like Hurricane Harbor now. Yeah. Okay, like, so it's like a, like a yeah, it was water like, park. Right. It was like an antiquated kind of mindset and system wow. that they had. Yeah, it was definitely different, you know. But I mean, it, it became home. You know, I got I got used to it. Did, did you ever get made fun of, like, ah, oh, the little foreign black boy? Uh, well, or, you know, was it, or was it like, no, he's cool, like, he knows stuff we don't know? Well, well you know, it, it's a trip because, like, when we when we lived back east, right. then we moved south, down south, mm. it was like I had a, a northern, east, northeastern accent. So people oh, were like, where God. you from? You right. know, you know, we don't talk like that around here, you right. know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then when I, when I went back east, you know, the cats that I knew in Philly were like, man... What happened to you? <laughs> so like, like everywhere I go, people are like, "Where are you from?" And I just tell them I'm from all over. You know, I got right. like a gumbo accent. Everything comes out. You know, it's everything in the pot. That's yeah. good. It's a nice little eclectic mix, right? right. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. So at a young age, you knew that you were a natural born storyteller. Yeah. Right. So what age was it where you were like, "I want to be an actor"? It was really early on, man. I gotta say, maybe if I'm thinking back and being real. It had to be, I had to be about four or five where oh, I wow. just knew, mm-hmm. you know, that this is what I wanted to do. But then you had parents that were like, you know, yeah. no one's going to pay you for being cute or being on TV <laughs> and trying to be funny, you know. Right. It got me a lot of butt whoopings in the process. You know? oh, wow. Yeah, you know, but um, as I got older, man, you know, I went on a path where I thought, okay, well, let me, let me, let me just try to 
you know, do like the corporate thing, you mm-hmm. know, or at least go that route. And uh, yeah, that wasn't the way to go. But who who did you see when you were young where you're like, I want to do that? Like, was there someone that you watched on TV or someone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eddie Murphy. Mm-hmm. I thought, man, you know, because I, I, I would love to be funny, right. you know, and emulate him. But uh, he had a special gift, you know. He definitely does. It was, yeah. it was two people. It was Eddie Murphy on the comedic side and Denzel Washington on the dramatic side. I mean, there was a, basically the two, Bill Cosby. Right. Those are the three main people that you saw regularly on TV all mm-hmm. the time, you know, that were, like, huge. I mean, like, when I first saw Denzel Washington, I think I saw him in Carbon Copy. Oh, wow. You know? Right. And I was like, it was like on some, I don't even know, a local television station. And I was like, wow. That black guy, it's like he could be my big brother or something, you know? And right. I was just like, wow, he's doing that? Yeah, maybe I can do that. You know, it just it just opened the, the, the gateway to at least dream. You know what I mean? Yeah. When it, were your parents always against you doing it? Or did they, did they come around pretty quickly when they realized well, that's what you wanted to do? Well, they've always been supportive. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, you know, when I, whatever I chose to do, they were like, well, yeah, baby, you can do it, you know? And, uh, but when it came to acting and I, and I, and I decided to go that route, they were just like, go for it. I mean, they were all, all the way behind me. They were like, if you ever need any money? And I was like, no, 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 you know, um. I'll just find, figure it out. You right. Know, if I got to be under a bridge, you know. I just had too much pride to be like, hey, mom, uh, dad, you think you can send a brother $25? Right, right, right. <laughs> so you studied at the, um, what is it, Katie Studios in yeah. Dallas, which is a, an acting conservatory. Yeah. Uh, was there any particular person or was there any specific skill that helped you hone your craft as an actor? At the school, no. Uh, because, I, you know, I wasn't there long. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a two-year program. After about a semester, I thought to myself, this is not working for me. Why? I just felt like, the t- um, not to knock anybody, um, I just felt like I wasn't learning. Right. You know, you had, mm-hmm. a lot of, you had a lot of people that were in the industry locally or that had, you know, done stuff back east in New York or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were connected with a lot of influential people in the, in the, in the um, city um, or in the business. But when it came to... I guess translating that to the students, you know, it wasn't it wasn't registering with me. But I did have one teacher um, who was a Brooklyn native out of uh, uh, New York, um, Trinity rep, named Akeem Babatunde. That uh, really, really, it was something about him that made him special. And you know, I thought, wow, you know, he's got the the, the juice. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, and, and but I still left. I was just like, I'm done with this. You know, I, you know he's forcing me to work. I don't want to work as hard as he's trying to make me work. I, I'm gonna find something else to do. I think I got into customer service after that. <laughs> Even that, you, you need you need to act. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. the biggest acting job you, you can get. Act like you like your job. Right, right. That's funny. So. Akeem Babatunde. Yeah. Right? So because he uh, cast you in, in the play Blind Lemon Blues, right? Yeah. And so what character did you did you play in that? It was an ensemble piece. Okay. You know, so we played a bunch of different characters. I played a T-Bone Walker, which was, you know, a real life person. Mm-hmm. But, like, we played, a you know, a, a multitude of characters in the play. Um, it's a beautiful story about the life of Blind Lemon Jefferson mm-hmm. and his relationship with um, T-Bone Walker. Uh, and it, it was just it, it, it was it was the thing that really kind of opened my eyes to acting. You know, mm. I just thought I can't do this. You know, when I first got cast, right. because there was an actor from L.A. who he lived in Arlington, but he came out to L.A. to um, pursue his career. Mm. And they were like, uh, "We need somebody to understudy." Okay, we'll let this guy you know, <laughs> right. just to take up some space until he comes back. 
And he decided not to come back last minute. And they were like, oh, we got to work with you. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, we, you know, like the, the, everything left over from the, from the pork. You know, I was like the chitlins. And it was like, I guess this is all we get to eat. You know, so he, I mean, I can't literally, he looked at me and was just like, oh. I mean, literally. Um, but it worked out. And, you know, right. I fell in love with, um, you know, that's when I, I think I first started to realize that, that it's a craft. There's mm. a craft to what we do. Right. And it, uh, it started to work on me and I started to work on it. That's good. Yeah. So, because that, that play, you did the off Broadway, right? Yeah. Well, let me explain. Because I, uh, we did it all over. We okay. did it. We did it. In, we did it in uh, Geneva, Switzerland. We did it in Paris. We did it. In, 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 oh, so you were traveling places. too. Yeah, we did it in different places in France a few times. Um, when it came up to go to Off Broadway, mm. I was casting the play, ready to go. But then I got booked in a small role. I didn't realize at the time. I just, you know, um, in The Mist, Stephen King's The Mist. Right. The year prior, I got booked in this film, and uh, I turned it down. Mm. And 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 it really hurt that right. I turned it down the year before for this other movie. So my heart was torn. It, it seemed like in my career, every at least in Dallas, every time I seemed to get something, something else came along that that that, that looked better. The grass always looked greener, mm. you know. So the first year I was just like, no, I'm not doing it. I know the director wants me. The director called me. He was like, we got to have you. I was like, you know, I appreciate it. I really do. But I'm not coming. You know, so I did the play. Mm. And then the very next year it came around again with The Mist. And I thought, you know, this is Frank Darabont, you know. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, Green Mile, Shawshank Redemption. I got to do this, even right. if it's a bit rogue, something small, you know. I mean, right. I, I, I have to have this experience. And it was kind of bittersweet. So I dropped out last minute right before we went to Broadway, off-Broadway. And, gotcha. uh, you know, I helped get the understudy up to speed. And they went on with it. But you still got to perform internationally, though. Oh, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And yeah. so I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure that was amazing, right? Right. Paris, in, uh, I think, was probably the best. I mean, because it felt like home. I mean, yeah. it really did, you know. Yeah. It reminded me a lot of New York, you know. Okay. Um, at least the, the area we were in. I think we were, like, in Raspal, Paris or something, you know. Mm. I'm not saying it right. But it was like, um, for those... Several weeks that we were there, it felt like, you know, we had our room. I went down to the cafe, had my little, you know, coffee every morning, you know. <laughs> I mean, it just felt like living there. I mean, it right. was just a beautiful. And the people just embraced, at least in terms of coming out to see the show, they mm. really embraced what we were doing. Oh, nice. Now, when we went out on the street, you know, they were like, you know, bloody Americans. You know, they didn't like <laughs> it. You know? I, mean, I, I think I had on baggy jeans one time. I went to this uh, location, and they were like, we're not going to serve you. I was like, what? Your jeans are too baggy. I was like, for real? It's like that? Okay, right. all right, you know. So, wow. Yeah, it was crazy. Was that, what was the craziest place or the most challenging part uh, about living internationally when you were touring for the show? Uh, I think missing home. Mm-hmm. That was probably, you know, because you know, you're away. Right. You know, and you get so, at least for me, it, I'm a very family-oriented kind of guy. And so not being, and, you know, I have a very small circle of influence. So not having that and then to be totally cut off in terms of contact. You oh, know? right. I mean, it's not like I could just jump on the phone and say, hey, what you doing? Hey, let's just roll up here, you know, watch the game or something. You know, you didn't have that. Right. You know? mm-hmm. And so, like, your, your, uh, the castmates end up being your family uh, on the road. You know, right. and right. it was cool, but it, it's not like having your, your family and friends, you know. So I think that was probably the most frustrating aspect of it. How, how long did you do that? We did it for, um, let's see, 
it was off and on. So we would do it, and then like we maybe go like six, seven weeks at a time. I don't know. It sounds like I was, but when you're not used to traveling, you know, like on the road, like with a with a with a with a acting troupe, right? It was it was difficult, right? And so then, how long of a span did you do this? Six weeks, and then. Oh, it'd be off and on just throughout the year. We would start, we would do uh, it, and it's like we did it for. I was a part of that production for about six or seven years. Wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Did it ever get boring? Since it's the same stuff. No, because it was uh, it was new. Like if initially when we did it, it we had David Peaston, you know, um, God bless the dead. Um, but um, he was in it, and then um, after he passed, Akeem stepped into the role, mm. and, which I thought was I, I was like, you're a tremendous actor, Akeem, but you, you David Peaston can. I mean, like, same. Right, you know? right. I don't know how you're going to do it. And he, I mean, he just put a different spin on it, and it was just, it's the blues. Mm-hmm. Right. So it was it was even more magnificent, you know. Um, but, it, yeah, it, 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 it always felt new. It never okay. felt like we were doing the same show. That's good. Yeah. yeah. So then how did you know you were ready to move to L.A.? I didn't, mm. to be honest, you know. Um, mm. To be just totally transparent, I didn't. Um, what happened was I wasn't even thinking about coming to L.A., you know. Really? I was happy in Dallas doing my thing. I was a full-time actor, um, you know, which was hard to accept, accept initially because I was like, I'm not working. <laughs> and, <laughs> right. And I'm, I, but I'm, I'm going on, out auditioning all the time, and maybe I book three or four things throughout the month, and that's covering my bills. Right. But I'm like, I felt like, you know, so, I just didn't feel like a man, you know, because I'm right. like, I didn't feel like I was working. Oh, how I wish I had that, that experience now. <laughs> but, uh, right. you know, um, the thing is, it's like, you know, we, 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 I think I did something. Um, I, I was doing a play. I wanted to audition for um, To Kill a Mockingbird. Okay. It was a play. And um, last minute, a friend of mine, another actor, colleague, came. He called me up late at night, and he was like, hey, Walt, man, you got to come down tomorrow at the Black Academy of Arts and Letters, man. Robert Townsend gonna be down there, and you know he's auditioning. Man, they they getting this new network and all this stuff. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, that sounds good, man. I don't want to do the cattle call casting thing, you know. And uh, make a long story shorter, um, I uh, I just I decided to go, got a monologue real quick. I think I ran up to because uh, uh, I want to do something new, so I ran up to uh, Barnes and Noble, mm-hmm. and I found uh, you know this great monologue from uh, uh, this play. I don't remember the name of the play. Um, My Children, My Africa. It's okay. Tommy McWanna. And uh, I was like, oh, man, this is beautiful. So I went down the next day, and everyone was down there, you know, just running around like chickens with their heads cut off. And um, uh, I, I got seen in a very last group. I mean, that they, I think they brought in 25 of us. We were the very last group to be seen. And mm-hmm. I was like, you guys, they are not going. I mean, this is like a needle in a haystack. They're going from city to city. Right. You know, but I was prepared. I wanted to be prepared. You know, I wasn't trying to be discovered. I just wanted to share what I had. Cause right. I just thought it was a beautiful story um, from, the, from the monologue. And I walked up to the mic. And I remember walking up to the mic and my heart, I was, I was cool. But as soon as I started walking up to the mic, because Robert, you got to understand, Robert's sitting there, they got the cameras up and everything, and, you know, they're saying, okay, thank you, next, you know. Right. So Robert's sitting there, and he never looks up. The people are performing, mm-hmm. you know. He's never he never looks up. He's writing. He's doing his thing. Has glasses on. He's doing his thing. And so when I walk up, he's still just looking down, writing, and doing his thing. And then all of a sudden, my heart felt like it was going to pop out of my chest, <laughs> you know. And the re- the reason why I wanted to do it, that why I decided to do it, is that I auditioned for Friday Night Lights, the movie. Okay. Like ten months prior, 
and 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 I can't remember. Peter Berg was the director, and I went in and I did well in, in the prelims. But when I got in front of him, he he, he walked up to me. Hey, he scoped me out, looked at me. Okay, okay. He got back to the desk, sat down. He was like, okay, go. And I thought, you know, I was green. I had to go. Uh, I never heard that. <laughs> so, I mean, I did the audition. It was horrible. I mean, if that tape ever comes out, I'll have to travel to deny. So I wanted to, you know, kind of vindicate myself, too. You know right, what I mean? Right, And so uh, it, it ended up being a beautiful thing, you know, that I, that I, that I put down for Robert and uh, the group. And I thought it was nothing. But and did he look a, up, though? He did look up. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like, midway through, you know, uh, I, I, you know, I could sense he looked up and... Um, you know, and like I didn't even get done. He was just like, "Thank you," you know, and I was like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> thank you." <laughs> Tried to put the mic back on him without shaking. I didn't think anything about it, right. you know. And about it, it was almost a year later. I got a call from Fox, the uh, wow. studios, and they were like, "Hey, it's Walter Fonda." I was like, "Yeah, it's, it's, it's Walter Fonda." They're like, "Yeah, we saw the tape and stuff that Robert, you know, and came through. You know, do you have any more footage and stuff?" And I was like. Uh, yeah, you know. So then we're like, you know, would you be interested in moving to L.A.? And this and other. I was like, well, you know, I really don't. I know. I was like, well, you know, I'm cool. I'm cool here. You know, I mean. And what, what um, they, they kept in touch with me for like three years. Wow. wow. This, this is the trip that day. And I was like, no, I'm not going to come. So finally I decided, okay, I'm going to come. And I came. The guy met with me. But it was almost like he was like, that carpet is gone, baby. You right. Know, it was almost like they pulled that joker from under me. And I, you know, they they did, you know, at least meet with me and talk with me and all that kind of good stuff. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that that ship is sailed, you know. So maybe I waited too long. But the good thing is, I came, right? You know, right. So you know, build new bridges, you know, to other opportunities. And everything happens for a reason. Everything happens, for you a know. Reason. Absolutely. Three years though. I mean, that's you know, that's yeah. a long time. I would, I got year over. Like, all right, let me just do it. Yeah. You know, yeah. just, I just to see. see. You you like sideways judged him a little bit. <laughs> Take it. I can take it. I can take it, man. It's three I, years. I, yeah. Like a lot happens in, yeah, in three years. Oh, yeah. you no, know, uh, granted, like you said, that they, they still met with them and sat down and everything right. too. You know, because that rarely happens, yeah. if ever. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? So, but that didn't stop you from working, huh? Because you're doing no, it. Yeah, I'm, one brick at a time. Things. One right. brick at a time. You right. Know? And um, you know, I'm not. You know, I thought like early on. Oh, I want to make it. You mm. know. And you know, once I got it, and that's from the outside looking in. But once I got in the game. I realized, you know what, well, you got to run at your own pace. You, right. know, you can't look to the right or the left and think about, oh, he's moving ahead of you or they're falling behind. You know, you just got to run your race. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's what I'm doing. I just look at it as a marathon, you know. I mean, as long as there's breath in me, you know, right. I will persist, you know. Are you getting a Denzel vibe from him when you I, look at him? You know what it is. Sorry, I'm sorry. I, I know. I, 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 I was thinking about it. I, I was thinking about Denzel, it. like these I, angles that you do. Now he's shaved. You know, do the, do the, do the. I can't do it. You know, and I, you know what it is. I think about this because I get that a lot, and I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't see it. I don't get it, and I've gotten it since I've started acting. Right. You know, and all I can think about. You know, is how, like, growing up, you know, just watching his movies and, you know, sometimes Eddie Murphy, too, you know. Right. Um, you know, just being that sponge and absorbing all the stuff that the people you admire. You know mm. what I'm saying? You can admire him. It's like he admired Sidney. Right. You know, but he went on. He to become Denzel. You know, it's not like he, he wasn't trying to become Sidney, but I'm sure Sidney influenced him. And right. early on, maybe he had some of those, right. you know, characteristics. And the only thing I can consider is that I absorb some of that just from watching him. 
Yeah. And well, uh, exactly. so I don't even watch. I don't. I don't even like to watch his movies now. That's a trip. Well, I, I, mean, I try to avoid you, watching. You definitely have a because he didn't say his name correctly. Denzel. You definitely <laughs> right. do have oh, did a. I say uh, Denzel? I, no, no, no. Because like that's that's how you <laughs> right. pronounce his, okay. his name. So yeah, it's not Denzel. It's it's Denzel. Yeah. But you know, because I, I watched a lot of interviews with him, mm-hmm. and you have you know kind of his his interview cadence. Like you kind of right. have the, really uh, wow. Yeah. And you look like him. I'm just saying. You do. You, <laughs> you, you, you absorbed his look. But that's good. That means you've that's got good. the part for the Denzel Washington story, which is coming out in like or, another 20 or, or years. At you least got his it. son or something. Right, right, right. <laughs> you can play a son. Hey, Definitely. Listen, as long as I'm on screen that's, and working, that's, that's all that matters. That's all you need. That's right. all you need. You know. <laughs> If you if you all know somebody that can get it done, let's you know talk to them. And you got to talk to new money right here. <laughs> yeah, new money. I mean, you know, <laughs> set it up. All I'm you already got the X on the hat. Is you that know? you know <laughs> he may watch the program. Yeah, he might. Yeah. So a good look. you know we'll, we'll we'll reach out to him and we'll see. And we'll, uh, we'll uh, see. You know, <laughs> any project you do, I just want some type of associate producer. Some, 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 some type <laughs> right, of right. Some type of something. So okay, because we uh. You touched on the the project, the mist. Yeah. Right. And so you said, you know, it was a it was you know it was a small role, but it was essentially you know you said this was a, it was a, a Frank Darabont movie, you know Stephen King. Yeah. So, but what was that like? Like, what was that set like? What was it like being on a big movie like this? It was incredible, man. We were down there about a month, and I mean, we worked every day, mm. and it was it was it was I mean, for my first experience, it was just phenomenal. Right. Um, I remember, I think the thing that comes to mind right now is <laughs> how heavy one day my shoulders felt just from just being on set and just standing. Mm. I think that's the thing that stands out the most because we did it in Shreveport. And I guess there's a a, a, a pet, uh, maybe a dog manufacturing company that makes dog food. Oh, okay. It was like a really bad stench oh. in the air, you know, um, which was... Those two things really stick out, but it you know it was it was it was also a little stressful because I was um, doing the movie and uh, out of the blue um, Denzel was doing the Great Debaters mm. and I got um, a call to um, to audition for the Great Debaters while I was down there doing the movie and I I didn't want to do it I was like you know I can't focus on doing an audition because I'm you know trying to focus on doing a film and it's just, I mean because we were there all day and it's mm. just it's a lot I, I auditioned but you know it was just. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't that great. But Frank was. Frank was incredible. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the actors in the film. I met. Um, I think you guys spoke to um, Eamon Joseph. Um, I don't know if you know. Anyway, let me move on. Uh, he was in the movie, <laughs> so we worked on that film together too. Okay. Yeah. So it was, it, it was. It was a very, very rewarding experience. Did you learn anything specifically from being on that set and being around those? those Everything folks? about being on set. You yeah. know, because like what you get in class, it's not. You know, at least in film class, you don't get the a lot, whole lot of the unwritten kind of rules, right. you know, uh, 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 of being on set. You know, you learn mostly about acting on camera, mm. you know. So it was a uh, it was a real learning experience just for me being on set. You know, it was, like I said, it was my first major thing, and it was a big-time production. And it was, uh, it was a wealth of influence, you know, just being on set with all the, you know, great actors. Yeah, it's not a not a bad way to start. Right? Did you no. see Stephen King a lot? He never came down. Really? Nah, he said he was, but he never came. Okay. Does he ever go to? Yeah, like, yeah he does. does. Yes, he said uh-huh. he was gonna come. Yeah. yeah he does. I think he'd be like a weird guy to meet, though. I think so too. Every, dogs, everybody right? I've right. heard of met him. He's he's Every he's dog. very Stephen King. Right. <laughs> he's yeah. very he's everything that you thought he was. Uh, 
Because you read imagine. his novels, right. you know. Those the, eyes. Yeah. yeah. Imagine like, being his mailman, like the type of mail that he gets, you know. <laughs> <laughs> probably no different than you. Uh, no, it's probably very different. <laughs> <laughs> so in 2010, you were nominated for a NAACP, in, let me say that again, NAACP Theater Image Award, yeah. right? Um, theater Award for Best Ensemble for the production, The River Niger. Right. How did that feel to be recognized for something that you love doing? It was, it was, it was, it almost felt numbing, you know, because um, I'd never been nominated for anything before. Right. You know, um, I had to like pinch myself. And uh, it's a trip because a year prior, I went to the NAACP Theater Awards with a friend of mine. He just invited me out. He's like, you need to get out, you know, because I wasn't working, I wasn't doing anything. It's my first year here. And, um, it, I was at the award. I was meeting everybody, you right. know. I mean, and it, it, people looking at me like, "Who is this guy?" You know, but hey, you know. Right. Um, and then the very next year, we were there on that platform being nominated, right. you know. Wow. Um, and the the Roby Theater, you know, it was it, it was just a, a, a remarkable experience. It actually opened the door for me to uh, really start getting out there in LA, mm-hmm. you know. So. It was tremendous. Nomination will do that to you. Right. Well, yeah. just doing that play even, you right. know what I mean? It was just, even if we never got nominated, doing that play, the the amount of people that came out to see it, you know, I mean, we had Margaret Avery in it, you know, which was probably the real reason why most people came out, you know. Um, but Roby gets a lot of support, mm. you know, so it was a whole lot of people that came out and supported that play. That's you know, good. That's good. Dane Guillory, you know. So. Very well, in 2001. You know, you landed the role of Nate Hastings Jr. on The Young and the Restless. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, what, what was that like? You know, because we've, we, we've had soap stars on here before. You know, one thing they say is they soap shoot super That's quick. That's what I was about to get to. You yeah. know, yeah. so, like, going from, like, theater and then, you know, movies and, and stuff like, like that to where, you know, you have a couple, well, theater might have a couple takes, but, you know, movies you have a couple takes, whatever, to really kind of get it together. Right. You know, this soap is, like, one, two takes, and we're moving on. What, what was that like? Right. It was... Very intimidating, you know, to be honest. Because, and, and, and I won't name names, I, I've spoken to some people that have done quite a bit of, you know, film mm-hmm. and television work. And they said when they when I got there, they were like, listen, well, I, I've done a lot of this. This is the hardest work I've ever done. I was like, oh, thank you for <laughs> handing that to me as soon as I walked through the door. <laughs> right? You know, right. you go put that on me. And I didn't realize what it what it meant until I got in the, in the game, in the action of it. Right. Because they have like three, I think it's normally three cameras. And no one tells you what to do. You know, people just expect you to know. Mm-hmm. And, like, these lights come on the cameras. I had no idea. None. Um, and then it's a, it's a lot of dialogue. Right. I played a doctor. So it was all these terminologies and things that, you know, that, that I, I got, like, two days before oh, wow. I shot. You know. I was like, oh, wow. And I, I think um, when, I, when we shot The Mist, like, setting up one scene, may, uh, I'm thinking maybe the shortest scene to set up was about 45 minutes. Oh, wow. The shortest scene, right? You know, that's a quick change or something. You know, mm. other than that, it's maybe an hour and a half, two hours between setup. I shot four scenes on the Young and the Restless one time, and I remember I went out and at eleven forty, mm. and I was done like by one. Wow! It was like four scenes of like major dialogue. I was like, oh, that's quick. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you get like a little rehearsal, and it's not even for you; it's for the cameras, <laughs> and, then, and then they go. But it, it was very rewarding, you know. It, mm. I mean, I'm glad I had that experience. I, I couldn't believe the amount of people that loved Nate. Mm. You know, I mean, my parents watched Young and the Restless growing up, so they knew who he was. I knew a little bit because they watched the show. Mm. 
and bring me back, bring them back as me all these years later. Everywhere. I mean, people were reaching out to me that I didn't know. I, mean, I don't even know how people got my email address. I was like, oh, I mean, some of it was kind of like, wow, you know, this is overwhelming, right. you know, because I didn't expect it. I mean, because it was like, boom. I mean, yeah. just like that, you know, it was like major. I was like, oh, man, I got to get used to this. You know? I mean, <laughs> yeah, well, just to be honest, it's real. Yeah, yeah that's the thing, because, like, that, that show was such a staple, and it's yeah. been right. on for years. Right, right. You know, and so why? Because, I mean, you know, there's there's some, some cast members who have been on for, you know, 15, right. 20 plus years or whatever. Right. So stepping in into that, you know, you got to bring, bring the noise. Yeah, and, and it was hard, <laughs> you know? And listen, I'm going to tell you, because, you know, I'm a struggling actor, you know, and I was I work at a restaurant at the mm. time. And I was in the restaurant, you know, doing my thing. And I remember being at the table and this girl said, ah, I said, oh, you know. And she's like, oh, my God, you're Nate. You're, this is Nate. I was like, oh, hey, hey, God, don't tell you. I don't want you to know, You know, I was like trying to calm her down and, you know, settle down. It's okay. It's okay. Can I bring you some more bread or something? You know, just right. calm down. I mean, you. I would get that. And my manager would be looking at me like, what's going on? You know, I was like, oh, no, she's, you know, she, she watches the young and the best. Oh, well, you know, you know. So I was, like, looking at them like they were like, hey, get it together. We move on, do one or the other. Because it, right. it, it started to become really uncomfortable, I think, for them. Right. You know, the management. Because it's supposed to be fine dining kind of experience. And then you have people screaming and doing these things at times. You're Nate Hayes. I mean, like loud. I was like, "Yes, that's me." I, you know, you know. <laughs> Let me take your order, right, please. Right, right, right. <laughs> but how how was that experience? Because I know a lot of times people think that you know because you're on TV that there's you know and they're, they're not exposed to the Hollywood life. You know, they think that you're on TV, you made it. Mm, and right. here you are saying, like, yeah, I'm on TV and I'm still working. Yeah, you know. Tell us about that and, and how how that affected your life. Did you ever get to a point where you said, you know what, I don't need this? Or were you always like, look, I'm always going to be out here hustling, doing something if if I'm still trying to make my dream happen? Yeah, you know, I, that's what it is. It's, it's just a one brick at a time mentality to know that, you know, until, you know, you can't build a wall. One brick at a time and think, okay, well, I don't need to worry about, you know, putting in, you know, the service that I need to put in because the rest of the house isn't built. Right. You right. know, and I don't just want to build a room. You know, I have big dreams. You know, so I got a lot to build. And uh, until that momentum starts kind of pulling me away, you know, I'm going to, you know, hold on to what I need to hold on to and keep building the way I want to build, you know, as opposed to, you know, stepping out there and, then, you know, doing it in a way that's not conducive to what's best for me. Right. You know what I mean? Because everyone's path is different. Right. You know, you're going to have some people, you know, where it looks like, hey, Walter's out there, and you're going to have somebody pass me up, you know? Right. And at some point, I'm going to pass somebody else up. You know, I just want to be as genuine and as real as I can be out here and, and, and really and form real relationships. You know what I mean? Not mm. just relationships that, that whether they're business or personal, that, that, are, that are pretentious or disingenuous. You know, I hope to form some real solid, you know, foundation built relationships along the way. You know what I mean? Right. As opposed to just trying to make it right. by any means right. necessary. And so right. ego hasn't gotten in the way. Yeah, no, you can't allow it to. Right. I think ego has gotten in my way more like in the gym. <laughs> it's just like, oh, he's lifting that. I'm going to lift that. And I hurt myself. You right. Know? Right. I mean, I still got a shoulder injury for like a year and a half ago. But because I'm a struggling actor and my insurance isn't where I need to be, <laughs> uh, I'll just work through the pain, you know. But, I mean, little things like that. I just look at life. You know, not just from a show business point of view, you know, I'm looking at it you know, in my personal life at the gym. Mm. This is teaching me, you know, don't allow your ego to get in the way, even when you start to rise where you want to go. Because yeah. when I hurt myself, I was at a point where I felt strong. 
You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's not like I was, I felt weak. I was like, oh man, I'm feeling pretty strong today. I'm feeling pretty good. Right. You know, oh, I can do this. And it wasn't even heavy weight. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And just doing that, just kind of warming up, hurting myself doing the warm up, talk, you know, it, 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 it crosses over in the life. You know, so when you start to, in the business, so when you start to make it, you got to realize, you know, you still got to take it easy. You know, don't look down on people. You know, be the genuine you that you are in the process. And, you know, everything else will work out. Right. So you had a supporting role in Note to Self. Yeah. Which has Christian Keys, Latoya Luckett, right, yeah. uh, Richard T. Jones. It's on Netflix. <laughs> it's all right. over Netflix. Right, yeah, it is. It's, it's always. Right, yeah. I, yeah. Does Netflix know I'm black, by the way? Because I feel like that that movie and like some other cult classic Bud black House movies are comes always on. right at the top of my like things you should watch. I don't know. Anyway, so this movie, Note to Self, is quickly becoming a cult classic. Was it really fun to be in? Was it fun to make? Yeah, it was. You know, the cast and crew... Over at Tri-Destin, I mean, they were just amazing. I think everything they're doing, they're doing everything now with right. Christian. I mean, he's just yeah, blowing he's up. Yeah he's, yeah, he's blowing up. I mean, he deserves it. I mean, he's been in the game a long time. You know, he's really starting to make his mark. Um, but tri- the Tri-Destin family as a whole were just just incredible. It's just stupendous. It was just a, a wonderful kind of opportunity. It felt like family, mm. you know. I mean, it was no pressure. It was a safe environment. You know, it, it was just fun. You know, really good. Good opportunity. Did you guys do any any ad lib at all, or was it all, a- all day, every day? <laughs> Especially Brayley, Brayley Evans. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Brayley was this <laughs> improv. I, I think maybe eighty five percent of what she does in the film this is all is improv. improv. Yeah, oh, or wow. she just you know, right. or she just says, "Okay, this is my foundation from the lines. Right now I'm gonna take it here." It, right. it, it was incredible. A lot of fun. Right. That's yeah. good. That's yeah. good. And so you uh, play an ex-con recently released from prison in the 2013 short film Heaven. Uh, so tell us about that. Yeah, it was a wonderful opportunity. Um, the funny thing about it is I auditioned and I come out and the co-star, uh, April Parker Jones, mm-hmm. is sitting on the couch. And I come out I'm like, April, what are you doing? And she's like, well, are, you, are you auditioning for this? <laughs> we knew each other prior, you know, um, to uh, um, working on the film. And uh, we end up getting it, and uh, it was fast mm. because um, Chad, I guess, had just booked Forty Two. Oh, well, he okay. was in the process of booking it. Right, you know, I think he had like two auditions. He had to go on, like for his third with the producers. It was like looking really good. That he was going to get it, so it had to happen. Mm. He wanted to get it done before he left. And uh, so we had, I think, like two rehearsals, and then uh, we got together and started filming. We had uh, a lot of obstacles that kind of came up, like the hotel we wanted initially. We had already had it set up, painted it and everything. And then last minute, the guy was like, no, you can't do Mm. it. So Uh we had to find a whole other location last minute. It was almost – some things we did, it was like guerrilla, you know, style shooting. You know, Mm. it was just like, let's get this and then move on real quick. But it was it was it was it was a wonderful experience in terms of growth as an actor because Chad really challenged both of us, excuse me, in terms of uh, what he envisioned for this piece, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, it was we shot it in three days, and uh, you know, wow. it, yeah, it was. Uh, it ended up coming out really, really good. How how long is the is the film? The edit that they got, the current edit they have, is I think it's like 23 minutes. Okay. When can so, we watch it? I know. I've been, <laughs> I've been asking, because like B, one of the producers, she was saying um, after the Pan-African Film Festival, she said, okay, it's going to go to the Pan-African Film Festival, and then I'm going to just release it. I'm going to put mm-hmm. it on uh, uh, iTunes or something like that, you know, tell your friends. Mm-hmm. But I guess it it went to uh, Khan for the uh, the can, I should say, for uh, the uh, uh, Pan-African International 
Mm-hmm. Uh, festival. And then it got uh, nominated for an, an African uh, Academy Award movie. Oh, African wow. American oh, wow. Academy Award or something. So they're over there now handling, you know, stuff on that. Everything's pretty much in the dark for right. us, you know. Right. It's like <laughs> a failed kind of experience. It's like, oh, wow, you're going to Cannes and, 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 and you're going, and, oh, wow, I'm glad I knew. <laughs> You know, I could have got my ticket. <laughs> right, right. So you you mentioned Chad, which is Chadwick Boseman, who um, is currently playing James Brown in the new Get On Up biopic. Yeah. What was it like to have a fellow actor be the director? Because I'm sure there's a whole different, there's a different vibe when there's the person who knows exactly what you're doing that's also directing you. Right, right. He's a he's a he's an actor's director. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like with Frank Darabont. You know, he just has a different style. Like mm-hmm. I thought that like going in because like. I, Maybe because I was like thirty two or forty eight on the you know the, the on the, the, on the, the college, college. Right. right. But um, yeah, he didn't. We didn't have the one on one. He was saying, "Okay, guys, just, uh, you know, think about this, you know, about one and so like." So he didn't do all that. But I noticed he did that with Thomas Jane, who was one mm. on the college, seat, you know, and he'd be really quiet. He said, "Okay, there's stuff like that that was going on." But Chad, he would be like, you know, every detail of the script. Even going in, so we had to rehearsal. Everything he had envisioned for it, he wanted to make sure he got us to, you know. So I think it was the first time I ever had that kind of a of, of a director, because there was there were things that I thought, okay, this is what I want to do with the character. He's like, uh, 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 you know, let, let's, mm-hmm. this, you know, it's like a coach, you know, right. like a track coach, like for the Olympics or something. He was just saying, no, if we can harness this here and keep it, there, you're going to get more momentum out of the performance doing it like this, you mm. know? And I was like, wow, you know, this is a acting class and right. opportunity, right. you know, really doing it and getting paid. So it was, it was, uh, it, it was, it was, it was just incredible, incredible, incredible. I, I just went right back there in my mind. That's what it was. Because there was so <laughs> many things, like, I mean, there's stuff that's in the film, spit just flying in my mind. There's stuff in the film that, that you don't see because they have an extended version, mm. you know? Okay. And I'm like, uh how can you even want to put that in there? You know, I had to carry April like 27 times. I mean, there's like one scene where we're running out and I pick her up and I'm carrying her like, and we're going down outside in the, in the, in the motel, running down all the way to the street. And I get there and I'm spinning around with all this stuff, you know, and it's cold. You know, I don't have my shirt on. I don't have my shirt on. She's just, I just got her out of the bathtub, you know, that was running with water. And, you know, we're going, I, I, I swear we did that take. I don't know, it had to be at least 20 times. And he didn't even use it in the film. Like, cut that, you know. But he, he he knew exactly what he wanted and how he wanted it, you know, this right. film turn out. So who do you who do you want to work with in the future? Everybody. Like who but who was on your checklist? You're like, I need to work with your starting so five. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, I have to go back to where it all started. Eddie Murphy and Denzel Washington. Mm. Um of course. I would love to work with Tom Hanks. Um mm. You know, God bless the dead. I always wanted to work with Philip Seymour Hoffman. Mm. He's gone. Um, I think Leonardo DiCaprio is a tremendous and underrated actor. I would love to work with him. And I, I think I want to throw a director. Oh, I was going to throw a director in there, but I thought about Meryl Street. Mm. Ah. I, I would love to work with Meryl Street. you know. And if I could work with a director, Ron Howard. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's Ron's like he's a very nice guy too. Yeah, yeah. you know, former actor, incredible yeah, right. director, and even Clint Eastwood. I just love the movies that you know that they that they the stories that they tell. Yeah, right. beautiful stories. Okay, yeah. so we're getting your personal life a little bit. Okay. okay. <laughs> so I see this ring. Is this yeah. a wedding band? 
Somebody no, gave I, you a promise no, ring? No, I'm being facetious. Oh, I'm about to say, I was like, what? What is this going on in Hollywood 2014? <laughs> Men are getting... So are you married? Yes, I am. How long have you been married? A number of years. I'd rather not get into Oh, okay. <laughs> so how do you keep... Because you're so busy with your career, how do you keep your your home life and your, your personal life as balanced as you do with your professional life? It's easy, you know, um... Home is where the heart is, you know. It's it's personal. I'd rather keep that private, and uh, you know, because you got to have something that you can call your own at the end of the day. I believe, mm. you know. Right. Um, and uh, you know, the industry and just the hustle and grind of being in L.A. or even in New York, you know, can can cloud a lot of you know your decisions and judgment, or you know, just who you are. And when you come home at night, you know, or, or whenever, that's that. That, that comfort zone, that, that, that place of solitude, that place of love where you can really just let it all out. You know what I mean? She sees the tears. You know, she sees the frustration. She sees me when I feel like I want to quit, you know, right. and that, you know, is this worth it, you know? But she's right there in my corner saying, babe, you know, I got you. You right. know, you can't give up. We're going to keep going. We're going to work. You know, it's that. I don't think I could do it without her, you know? So, I mean, that's why I'm doing it. <laughs> because I probably would have quit Years ago. Really? And they've been kicking myself in the butt for quitting. Right. You know? But it's just, I don't think people realize, uh, and, and I, it's whatever you do. When you're trying to build your dream, whatever it is, I think, and, and, you know, especially big dreams, it, it takes a whole lot of dedication. And it's not a, a, a me thing. It's a we thing. It's, right. it's, it really is teamwork. You know, as they say, how, as they say uh, teamwork makes the dream work. I mean, it really is. I mean, I, I'm sure Denzel didn't get here alone. You know what I'm saying? Paul Letter right. was there with them all. all <laughs> right. Along, you know, right. Sam Jackson, you know, they, he, he had yeah, a, his wife. Tanya Richardson, I believe, was in there. Yeah. You know, you don't do it alone. Right. You know, even if you are single, you know, there's people in your life, you know, that, that help elevate you. Right, you right. Know? So uh, that's, that's uh, my wife is everything. There you go. Yeah. Shout out to the Promise Rings. <laughs> the Promise Rings. Slash wedding bands. <laughs> I love it. So what is uh, on the horizon for Walter coming up? What can we expect? Your guess is as good as mine, you know, but th- I think that's the beautiful thing about this industry is you never know when it's coming. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I'm always auditioning for stuff, you right. know. Um, it's things, you know, you see like the pilots, I was like, oh, I auditioned for that, you know. Um, but, you know, I'm supportive, you know. I believe that what's for me is for me, right. you know, and, and I'll just stay in the game, you know. I feel like, if this this is something that's coming to me. I feel like uh, like when I saw the movie Ali when he was when he was out of boxing, mm. he still knew that he had it. He was right. still the greatest in his mind, but he had to wait until they said, "Okay, here's your bi- boxing license back." You know, right. Right. and you know, I'm just a champion in waiting. You know, it's just a matter of time. You know, and it's not about it's not about being you know feeling like I'm better than anybody else. You know, anything like that. It's, you know, in the process, I, I'm going to continue to work. I'm going to continue to grow. I'm going to continue to get the most out of me that I can get out of me so that when my time comes, when mm-hmm. I'm like 97 years old and I'm on my deathbed, I say, thank you, God. I got everything out of me that I that, that you supplied me to get. I mean, right. I unlocked every vault, you know, and right. now I can come on home, you know. So there it well, is. That's good. I'm not going to lie. I definitely saw a little Denzel. Right. right there. That was definitely Denzel. Right oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I saw my grandfather, actually, which was fast back in January. <laughs> Bless us all. Yes, indeed. Well, before we get out of here, is there anything you'd like to tell your fans, and where can they find you online? Oh, you can always find me at, at Walter Fon- at W Fontleroy uh, on Twitter. Uh, I'm on Instagram at Little Lord Font, um, Facebook, you know, Walter Fontleroy, 
And, uh, you know, just keep your eyes, you know, in the news because uh, you'll be seeing more men in the near future. There you yeah. Go. There you go. Megan, where can folks find you? As always, hit up that Twitter, that Instagram, that Facebook, at Meg Scoop, like scoop of ice cream because ice cream is yummy in my tummy. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys know the drill. All of the internet. You can find me the, at the Nick. I'm messing it up. See? Start over, Start over. Up. <laughs> at the Nick Purdue. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you, Walter. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Thank you. From producers Maria Menounos, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire BHL crew, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us at info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I'm your BHL announcer, Scipio. Instagram me at Planet Scipio. Thank you for tuning in. Redefined. Bye. See ya. The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.